0: So you come into a friend's house, perhaps as a Sunday afternoon, during football season, and you have come to watch the game. There are a number of friends present. There's pizza, beer, crackers, cheese, all sorts of goodies. A large screen TV with a 5-1 sound system. People are standing around chatting, but the game is about to begin, and the host of the party yells out, OK, everybody, park The game's about to begin. Do people still use that phrase, park your carcass, or has it gone the way of the dinosaurs? Now the term carcass is defined as a body of a livestock animal ready for butchery after removal of the skin, internal organs, head, feet, etc. So telling you to park your carcass and watch the game seems a bit inappropriate, but with the hell, It's also humorous if used in the correct setting, if there is such a correct setting. Well, in 1945, a comedian named Harry Einstein, I have no idea if he was a relative of Albert, uh, but I digress. Harry Einstein was 41 in 1945, but as a boy, he had developed a unique skill of mimicking the dialect of the Greeks who frequented his father's importing warehouse. In fact, he was so good at it, he started doing stand up comedy at various club functions, and in 1932, he was regularly appearing on a Boston radio station. Eddie Cantor caught his act in 1934, and Einstein was soon recognized nationally by the appearances on The Eddie Cantor Show. He also appeared on The Al Jolson Show in 1938. Now, I neglected to connect the information with the beginning of this story about Go Park, carcass, and watched a football game, so I will now try to correct that error. Doing a stand-up routine with a great accent with a name like Harry Einstein, well, it it just didn't look or feel right, so Harry Einstein gave a name to the Greek character, and he called him Nick Pakikakis. From June 17, 1945 to April 6, 1947, NBC Radio featured a 30-minute show at 10.30 on Sunday nights starring Harry Einstein as Nick Pakikakis with the show title Meet Me at Parkies. It was a very successful comedy series, largely self-written, featuring the Einsteins' Nick Pakakakis as chief cook and bottle washer of a Greek restaurant. Supporting actors included Joan Barton as the cashier, also Sheldon Leonard, Frank Nelson, Ruth Perrault, and Leo Clary. The announcer was Art Gilmore, and like most of the comedy series of the time, there was a musical interlude and Meet Me at Parkies was no exception featuring two vocalists, Betty Jane Rhodes and David Street. Sometime, a singer that you may have heard of, Peggy Lee, or Patti Bolton, also appeared. The orchestra director, who also played a significant acting role in the series, was Opie Cates. Now, every week, Nick got himself into some sort of problem, and his supporting cast tried to help him solve the problem. The sponsor was Old Gold Cigarettes, and as in many of the shows of the era, the sponsor was woven into the script in a number of ways at a number of times during the show. Side note, at the end of the NBC run in 1947, Einstein underwent spinal surgery to relieve chronic back pain, but the surgery left him mostly paralyzed. He struggled to overcome the disability as his series opened on the Mutual Radio Network on October 19, 1947 and ran until July 11, 1948. On the opening show of his series, Einstein had to be carried into the studio and propped up at a microphone. The track you're about to hear is from July 15, 1947, and it seems that Parkey is in need of $1,000. That was a lot of money back in 1947. In fact, I just checked it out and adjusted for inflation. It would be about 11 dollars to $12,000 today. This is Heirloom Radio. My name is John Lovering and you're listening to a different kind of oldies program, a program that celebrates the golden age of radio. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the program and you are officially listed in my notebook as awesome. Thank you. And now, meet me at parkies.
1: From Hollywood, California, the makers of Old Gold cigarettes bring you Meet Me at Parkies.
2: Harry, where'd you get that big lump on your head? I went to my boy's summer place, Sunday. I ran out your breakfast from a pool and laid it on my head. No water, eh? No water? No pool? What a dope I there, am! there. Why be irritated? Light an Old Gold and meet me at Parkies. <laughs>
3: Phil, well, I'm I'm really burned up. Why, Jim? Yesterday I was walking with my wife, and a man said, "There goes Beauty and the Beast." Why should he call my wife a beast? Why that go? There, no... there,
1: Why be irritated? Light an old gold and meet me at Parky's. Yes, everybody meets at Parky's. So come along to Parky's restaurant and say hello to Betty Rose, Opie Cates in this orchestra, David Street, and our genial host, the star of our show, Mike Yakakis. <laughs>
3: Boy, am I glad I didn't have to get married to that Prudence Rockbottom. How could I marry her? After all, my uncle married my aunt, my father married my mother. Why should I marry a total stranger? (laughs) Well, love will always be a problem as long as you got men and women. Because when you got men and women, you got two different genitals. Muscular and feminine. (laughs) Muscular, that's the man. feminine, that's the woman. He get gets married and the man is feminine and the woman becomes muscular.
4: <laughs>
3: I might as well forget about Britain. Now that the excitement is over, i am got to take it easy and just relapse. I think I'll work on my crossword puzzle a little bit. I love crossword puzzles. been working on this one for seven years.
4: <laughs>
3: Only need three more letters to get the first word finished.
4: <laughs> the three-letter word. I think
3: I'll try this word over here. It says number six, horizontal. Let's see. It says here, feline, a four-legged animal that says meow. Five letters. Feline, meow. That's a hundred. Five letters. I got it. It's cat. K-I-T-T-Y, pussy.
4: <laughs>
3: now the next word has got six letters. I got a dandy 7 letter word. Wish I could use it here. As long as nobody's looking, I'll squeeze it in.
5: Hello, Parky. Oh, hello, Betty Rose. (laughs) Are you still working on that crossword puzzle?
3: Yeah, I'm stuck on this word up here. This is uh, a fruit that was eaten by Adam in the Garden of Eden.
5: Oh, that's
3: easy. Easy? That's easy. Why? Don't fit.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, 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 Parky. What Adam ate in the Garden of Eden was an apple. Oh,
3: sure. Apple, let's see now. Apple is uh, B-A... Hey,
5: wait a minute. Apple starts with B...
3: Baked apple?
5: <laughs> <laughs> Parky, you're really cute. <laughs> I don't think you can even spell baked apple. Oh, couldn't. Okay, let me hear you spell baked apple. With or without cream? What's the difference? Five cents. <laughs> <laughs>
6: uh,
5: how
6: do you do, sir? Are you uh, Parky Carcus? Yes. Yeah. I'd like to speak to you My name is Pike Okay, Pike, speak I, um, I am from the last national bank I yes. see Yes, we are holding your note, which is overdue It's for $1,000 and they sent me over to collect it
5: Oh, but the people at the bank never bothered parking for that $1,000 Why, they've renewed that note for many years That's right Oh, uh, yes, yes, but the bank is under new management
6: now And we want this note paid immediately that note is protected by a mortgage on this restaurant. And they sent me over either to get the $1,000 or foreclose on the restaurant.
3: Hey, just one minute, mister. I'll pay you the money as soon as I collect what the customers owes me for food.
5: Yeah, but, Parky, I went over the books. Nobody owes you that much money for
3: food. Hold on. There's one fellow alone by the name of Jones who owes me $1,945. Yeah, I'll show you the books. There's right in the top of the page. You can see it. Jones ate $1,945. Right Let there. Let me
5: see that. Yeah. Jones ate $1,945. Yes. Parky, that's the date, June 8, 1945. (laughs) I was wondering.
3: I was wondering how one man could eat so much food.
5: Mr. Pike, can't we possibly get an extension on the note? The
6: bank will get their money, I promise. No, 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 we can't give her any extension. The bank needs that money for something very important. This is the time of the year when we have to place our order for the 1946 calendars.
3: Sir, I meant to
6: ask you about your calendars
3: Why do they have a picture of a man Standing behind prison bars In a convict's uniform
6: Oh, that (laughs) Oh, well, that's a picture of one of our customers (laughs) Yes, he owed us $55 And he didn't pay when it was due (laughs) That reminds me uh, Have you got a picture of yourself? We may have to use it on next year's calendar (laughs) I got a picture just of my head, but it ain't developed yet.
4: <laughs>
5: Mr. Pike, won't you please give us a chance to raise the money? Give us three more weeks. Just 21 days, please. Yeah,
6: 21 days. 21 days, eh? Okay. 30 days, half September, April, June, and November. All the rest up 31 except you, party Caucus. You have 21.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Betty, where am I going to get $1,000 in 21 days? Uh, I got more trouble than anybody else in the world. Look at me. All these years, I worked my head to the bone. All my life, I've been so unfortunate that I never get a break. I even remember when I was a little boy. I never even got enough to eat. I was so thin, Betty, my ribs used to stick out. That wasn't bad enough. But every Monday, my mother used to use me for a washboard.
5: (laughs) Poor Parky, something'll turn up, I'm sure. Here, I learned a new song. It's called "The More I See You." Let me sing it for you. Maybe it'll help cheer you up. I'm
7: sure it will.
8: The more I want you, somehow this feeling just grows and grows. With every sigh, I become more mad
4: about you,
8: more lost without you.
3: Betty, if I ever get a lot of money, I'm going to pay you a big salary just to have you sing to me all day long.
5: Oh, it's David Street and Bob Williams. Hiya, fellas.
3: Hi, Betty. Hi, Parky. What's cooking? What's cooking? What to be cooking? Can't get meat. I can't get fish. Can't get chicken. Can't get turkey. Can't get butter. And you can't get bacon. You know what's cooking? Hot water. I call it soup. <laughs> that's, that's what's cooking. top of that, I'm boiling you know what happened, David? No. I'm got to raise a thousand dollars in 21 days. Believe me, I'm so upset. I tell you I could now be. There,
1: there, Parky. Why be irritated? Light an old gold.
3: Oh, go ahead, Bob, but you tell me about old gold. That's the only pleasure I get listening to you.
1: Why, I don't have to tell anybody about old golds. What? Why, everybody knows that a fine cigarette gives you lots of comfort and pleasure, especially today. But you get no pleasure if your cigarette is hot, harsh, dry. Hot, harsh, dry? But, Bob, you can't be talking about old golds. Why, certainly not, Parky? Old golds are conditioned with a special moisture-protecting agent we call apple honey, made from the juice of fresh apples.
3: See, Pop, this is interesting. Tell me
1: more. Uh. <laughs> Uh, you mean, Parky, you want me to tell you that Old Gold's unique blend of many great tobaccos is enriched with rare imported Latakia tobacco for delightful extra flavor? Yeah, that's the part I like best about the extra flavor. Extra flavor plus extra protection against cigarette dryness. That's Old Gold. So, soon as you can, try a pack. Oh, please tell me more, Bob. Come on. Well, no, Parky, I'm afraid I don't have time today to tell you about Old Gold. Uh, there's one thought I'll leave with you. Yes? When little annoyances get you down, why be irritated? Light an old go. Excuse me, Parky. I'm gonna order some dinner.
3: Okay. Say, hey, David, do you know that Bob Williams is a funny fella? Think of the wood out of
9: it. I've just got an idea how to raise your thousand dollars. Yeah? Just as I was leaving the newspaper office, our society editor was talking to the rich Mrs. Van der Peister, and she was telling him that she was going to throw a great big party, very swanky affair. She oh, is. Why don't
3: you get the job catering it?
5: Oh, I heard about that party. Her daughter's coming out. Coming out? What was she in for? <laughs> No, no, Parkey, you don't understand. Mrs. Vanderpeister is the leader of society. Is she? She belongs to the horse he set. Her father was a big breeder in Kentucky. Sure
3: so what? My uncle was a very big breeder, too. He died last year.
5: What was the matter with him? Stop breeding. <laughs> what? what? I'm trying to tell you, Parkey... What? Is that Mrs. Vanderpeister is in Who's Who.
3: Who's what? Who's
5: Who. What's that? It's a book. Well,
3: that's that.
9: Parky, I've just been figuring really? You can furnish the food and the entertainment for the party for $2,000 The whole thing shouldn't cost you over 1000 And you'll make a $1,000 profit Then you'll be able to pay the bank
5: Yes Oh, gee, that's wonderful Opie and his boys will play for the dancing And David and I will sing You might have
9: a slight additional expense for the orchestra Because the musicians
3: will have to hire tuxedos Tuxedos? Why do they have to come in tuxedos? Why can't they take a streetcar?
5: Hi, Betty. Hi, David. Hi,
3: Parky.
5: Hi, Hi, Opie. Say, Parky, that customer over there is calling you. It looks like he's very impatient.
3: Why should he be impatient? I only took his order four hours ago. I'll be right back.
5: Say, Opie, you're just in time. We're going to have a big job for you in your orchestra. A
3: job? I
2: don't want no job.
5: But, Opie, it's a chance for us to make some money. Oh,
2: I can't afford to take no job.
5: Well, why not? I'll lose my unemployment insurance. <laughs> Well, it seems to me that the people down at the unemployment insurance place would insist that you go out and get a job.
2: Oh, they tried to get me a job. They wanted to send me over to Pomona to dig potatoes.
5: Well, what happened?
2: I told them to get the fellow that planted them. He knows where they are. (laughs) (laughs) Opie,
9: look. If Parkey doesn't raise $1,000 in 21 days, the bank is going to foreclose on the restaurant.
2: They are. What bank?
9: The last national bank.
2: The last national? Well, <laughs> if they do that, I'll take all of my business away from them. All yes. of what business? For the past seven years, I've been going over there regular, twice a week, to fill my fountain pen.
5: <laughs> Opie, you can't let us down. You'll just have to play at this affair.
9: And besides, it'll be good publicity for you. That's right, Opie. This affair will make you famous, and you'll start to make a lot of money. Maybe 000, 000. a million
2: dollars. A million dollars? What in the world could I do with a million dollars now? I don't need no million dollars. Betty, could you let me have 40 cents? I want to get my laundry out.
5: <laughs> Opie, you will play the affair for Pocky, won't you? He's been so good to you. And besides, it'll mean a lot to me.
2: Oh, you're crazy about the daily treat. I thought you cared just a little bit for me. Betty, you remember the last time we went to the movies and I held your hand?
4: Yes, it was thrilling.
2: And you know it'd been even better if we were sitting next to each other.
5: (laughs) Yes, and I'll never forget the first date we had. You brought me a little gift. Yeah,
2: an emerald ring. We didn't know it was an emerald until two days later when it started to turn green. You remember the first time I wanted to kiss?
5: Uh-huh, and I told you to ask my father. Yeah,
2: but I didn't want to kiss him.
5: <laughs> you know, Opie, I can just close my eyes and see you in Mrs. Van Der Peister's ballroom right now. There's a hush that falls over the audience. As Opie Cates, his clarinet, and orchestra start to play. Caldonia! Caldonia! <laughs>
2: Big head so hard. up that big fat head of you.
5: You'll be a big hit at the party.
1: Say, that goes for me too, Opie. By the way, uh, what party are you speaking of, Betty?
5: Well, Pocky's going to try to cater Mrs. Vanderpaister's big party. Oh. You know the Vanderpaisters. Her ancestors were pilgrims who came over on the Mayflower. They landed on Plymouth Rock. I guess it was around the year 1600.
2: Wasn't it kind of uncomfortable sitting around on that rock since 1600? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, actually, Opie, it was 1620 when the Pilgrims first put in their famous appearance on our fair shore.
2: Well, you know something, Bob? My ancestors were supposed to come over on that Mayflower, but they couldn't get reservations.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, Opie, 140 years afterwards, in 1760, even before the American Revolution, the Laurel business was founded. Now, that's nearly 200 years of association with the world's choice, tobaccos.
2: You know, that sounds like a pretty good association,
1: well, yes, you know, and this, this vast experience is reflected in the quality of old gold cigarettes today. Marvelous quality consistently maintained
2: despite wartime conditions. Bobby, you know something? You just made up my mind. Send me over a couple of cartons, will you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, as to quantity, although the cigarette situation is temporarily eased, we're still in a fighting war. Yet we're doing our best to assure your share of old golds for home front enjoyment. So, if you must take substitute brands today, remember your dealer may have old golds tomorrow. Goodbye, Opie. So long, Betty.
5: Goodbye, Bob. So long. Uh, Opie, I've got my fingers crossed. Parky and David have gone over to Mrs. Vanderpfeister's house. Gosh, I hope she'll let them cater her affair. <laughs>
9: Pocky, here we are at the Vanderpuyser Mansion. Isn't it a huge place?
3: Yeah. They
9: say that in this house they've got fifty all-tile bathrooms.
3: Oh, that's my ambition, David. Some day to have a real tile bathtub. You know, I'm getting too big to stand up in the sink.
9: <laughs> your best behavior. You're about to meet the snootiest woman in town. Let's go in. I'll ring the bell.
4: You.
2: you have. Yes, the
9: garbage hasn't been collected in over two weeks.
4: <laughs>
9: is he alive? Quiet, Parky. This is the butler. Butler. Yes, the generations my family have been butlers. From babyhood, I was trained to bottle.
3: I see. You must have been a bottle baby.
4: <laughs>
9: Mrs. Vanderpijst is expecting us. I phoned her. Uh, whom should I say is calling? Mr. Street and mister your caucus. Oh, good heavens, I could never announce such vulgar names. <laughs> Street and Park, your And, uh, Mr. Street, we shall have to change your name to Boulevard. And, mister your caucus, we shall have to call you Rest Your Body.
4: <laughs> Rest Your Body? Yes. Yeah.
9: I should go and tell Mrs. Van de Peister that you are here. Do you have cards?
3: Cards, no, but I got a pair of dice. If she wants to shoot the little crap.
4: Go.
3: <laughs> okay, I'm scumming. Uh,
4: you ain't here, and I
3: shall announce you. Yeah. Parky, please watch
9: how you act and be careful of what you say. These people live in a different world. You're mixing with the upper set now. Yeah. Careful. Here comes Mrs. Vanderfeister.
10: Oh, are you the man who telephoned? Yes, Mrs.
9: Vanderfeister. May I present myself? I'm David Street, and this is Mr. Parky Cocker. I'm
3: practically glad to know you. <laughs>
9: We wanted to talk to you about catering your big party. You see, Mr. Parky Carcass has been a successful restaurant owner here for over a decade. Over a decade?
3: Why, it's longer than that, David. It's almost a
4: fortnight.
10: <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, you're aware of the fact that my party will be the outstanding social event of the season. Uh, even royalty will attend. Why, I have an acceptance from Prince Eddie. You know, he's half bourbon.
3: Half bourbon. What's the other half? Ginger Ginger
4: ale? <laughs>
10: I've never met anyone quite like you. Now tell me, do you have any plans for my party? I want it to be a most outstanding affair. I'd like to do something different. Well,
3: here's an idea. How would you like to have a big buffet supper?
10: Buffett? Yes. Oh, you probably mean buffet. But tea is always silent.
3: Not the way I drink it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what
10: a strange person. Now, let me see. You say
3: your name is, uh, Parky Carcose? Parky Oh, <laughs> Boy, have you got the wrong emphasis. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: it's Parky Carcass, But you can just call me Parky. That's my maiden name.
4: Your maiden yes.
10: Well, it doesn't seem to me that you'd be capable of catering my affair. Now, what about references? Oh,
3: you don't got to give me no references. I'll trust you. Yeah. <laughs> what?
10: You'll trust me. I'll have you understand that my family have been leaders in society for generations. My ancestors all married stackpoles.
3: Married stackpoles? That's funny. All mine married women. <laughs>
4: oh,
10: that party is a
9: great joker, Mrs. Vanderpeister.
10: Well, I don't want any jokers around here. My party is a very serious affair. Uh, Mr. Uh, Parkey? Yes? Do you understand the proper seating arrangement of people?
3: Well, I should. I've been sitting for years.
10: (laughs) No. What I mean is this. For example, I, of course, would sit at the head of the table. Now, what would you do for a genealogical kinfolk once removed?
3: Are you mind to reiterate that last statement? (laughs)
10: I said, what would you do for a genealogical kinfolk once removed?
3: Oh, I bathe my feet in hot water.
10: <laughs> that does it. Why, if I let you handle my affair, I'd be the laughing stock of the town.
9: Oh, Missus Vanderpeister, we can handle this affair. Really, we can. We've got great plans for you. Not only will we prepare a delicious dinner, but we're going to have Opie Cates in his orchestra, and two wonderful singers, Miss Betty Rhodes and that great Italian opera singer, Davido Stradiano.
10: Stradiano, an opera singer. Oh, why, I never heard of him. Is he with the Metropolitan?
3: Not only is he he's with the Metrolopitan, but uh, he's also with the Equitable and the Prudential. <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: um,
10: I was thinking. I was thinking we might get that thin man who sings on the radio, uh, 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 Frank Sinatro.
3: Frank Sinatra?
10: <laughs>
3: That's as bad as Pachycakos.
4: <laughs>
3: Say, David, you can give a good invitation how that three piano guy sings. Why don't you give a sample to Mrs. Van de Pipey? Van de Pipe. <laughs> yeah.
4: David, you know,
3: sing that song that I like so much. What is it called? Oh, yes. When you was eight and I was nine and we were seventeen.
10: Oh, <laughs> uh, do you sing too, Mr. Street? If you do, I'd love to hear my favorite. It's a song called Love. This
9: would never happen again in a thousand years. By a strange coincidence, I happen to have the music in my hand.
10: Oh, how wonderful. Will you sing it for me? me?
7: Love can be a moment's madness. Love can be insane. Love can be a life of sadness and pain. Love can be a summer shower. Love can be the sun. Love can be two hearts that flower as one. It can be fine and free, but it's true it doesn't always happen to you. Love. Can be a dying ember. Love can be a flame. Love in September, may be dead in December. You may not even remember it
4: came.
7: Oh, love can be a joy. force for failure, love can bring you fame, love fresh as the morning may be wild when it's morning, then without any warning it's pain, oh love's a tie that's hard to sever or a losing game. Love is almost never, ever the same.
10: Oh, my, Mr. Street, you have a lovely voice.
3: Look, Miss Randepaiser, if you let us put on your party, I'll even throw in some extra entertainment besides this. Thing there.
10: Last Tuesday, I was at the Parisian nightclub, and I saw Madame C.C., uh, the famous fan dancer. Do you think you could get her to perform at my party?
3: Mrs. Van Peist, I'm ashamed of you, wanting to have a fan dancer at your party. You should be ashamed of yourself. Shem, shem, shem. <laughs> I seen that Madame C.C. in that nightclub doing a fan dance when she come out on the floor. It was the most disgusting thing what I've never seen. The way the people did the way they would push and shove stand on each other's shoulders, just to get a look. I got so mad, I finally hit a guy over the head with my field
4: glasses.
10: (laughs) Well, Mr., uh, Mr. Parkey, before I say definitely that you may cater my affair, I shall have to visit your restaurant next week to see for myself whether I can entrust this important party to you.
3: Okay, so it's next week you come over to the restaurant, and will we take care of you. (laughs) For the further adventures of Parker Carcass, Opie Cates and his
1: orchestra, David Street, Betty Rhodes, and Mrs. Vandefeister, played by Natalie Schaefer, tune in again next Sunday, same time, same station. Is it a date? Okay. Meet me at Parker. Bob Williams saying goodnight.
7: This is the National Broadcasting Company.